Um, so I'm going to pray, and then we'll go into our message this morning. Lord, you brought everybody here for a purpose. God, nobody is here by accident, and I know that you desire to speak to everybody here. And so I pray that, Lord, as I speak, I am true to your word. I'm not, I'm not preaching my opinion. I'm not preaching what sounds good, but, Lord, I am true to your word. And I pray that for each person who is here, God, they walk away knowing they heard from you, not just from a pastor, but they heard from you. And so, Lord, would you change our hearts with your word? Would you, would you soften our hearts to hear what you have to say to us this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So we are, we are in the Beatitudes right now. We're taking kind of a month and we're going through the Beatitudes, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a, a sermon that Jesus preached. And it was specifically to his disciples. And, and so I said last week, this is one of those deeper sermons because Jesus saw the crowd. It says he saw the crowd and then he went and started teaching his disciples. And it's so easy for us as Christians to focus on where are all the people? Where are the big crowds? Because that, that's really impressive to us and we like that. But we see that Jesus right here really poured into his 12 disciples and he really wanted to take them into a depth that they would need for what they're going to be called to do. And I said last week, we're all called to be disciples. If you're a Christian, none of us are called to be one of the crowd. We're all called to be disciples. And so, so even though this is a little bit heavier this is a little harder. If we want to be disciples, we have to be willing to, to have these kinds of teachings brought to us. And so last week we talked about how Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And, and we looked at that to basically mean it's like those who are humble, those who know they don't have all the answers, those who know that they're in need of help. We sang that this morning. Those are the people who are blessed because those are the people who are going to receive the kingdom. And we talked about how that humility, that willingness to humble yourself and admit that you need help, that you don't have all the answers, really makes space for you, for, for what Jesus wants to pour into you. And those are the people who are going to receive that because they've made room for it. They've humbled themselves. They've gotten rid of all kind of their stuff. And now as jars of clay, they actually have space to hold what God desires to give them. And so today we're moving on, and this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And this is what Jesus says. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So again, what you have to understand about the Beatitudes is if you take just the beginning and the end, it makes sense. Blessed are those who will inherit the earth. That makes sense, right? You're happy if you inherit all of the good things on earth, it's that middle part that trips us up. Blessed are the meek. And this is one of those where I would say we misdefine this a lot as Christians, this idea of meek. What does it mean to be meek? And a lot of us view it as to be weak. And so we say, well, that, that can't be right because I'm not called to be weak. I'm, the Bible calls me to be strong and courageous, and that's true. But meekness, actually doesn't have anything to do with being weak at all. And this is one of those words that's difficult because in the New Testament, it's only used four times. 
There's only four times that this is used in the New Testament. And three of the times it's used by Jesus, and then once it's used in 1 Peter. But most of the time, Jesus is actually almost the one in the New Testament who exclusively uses this word when he teaches. And do you know that he, most often, this word is used to describe Jesus himself. This is one of his words that he uses to describe himself in the Bible. That's how it's used the most, is be like me because I am meek. Here's another place where that word is used. And this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. And this is Jesus talking. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here, that word is actually translated as gentle and humble. They use two different words to, to define this same word that's translated as meek before. And Jesus is basically saying, look, that yoke that's on you, right? The burden, the responsibility, the expectations, we all have that, right? As we live our life, you feel that burden of what's expected of you, what, what you're responsible for. And Jesus is saying, look, you want, you want to get that from me because I am meek. I am humble and I am gentle. And so we have to understand, first of all, is that when Jesus calls us to be meek, he's just calling us to be like him. He is the one who showed us what meekness really looks like. And if we know anything about Jesus, we know he was not weak at all. So that cannot be our definition of what being meek is. And one definition you might have heard that I think is, is a pretty good definition is power under control. That's kind of a, a, a general used one for meekness. Is to be meek means to have power, but to have it under control. And, and so obviously weakness can't be the same because in order to be meek, you have to actually be strong first. You can't be meek unless you have some strength and some power to begin with but then you have to actually have it under control. And this is, if you're visual like me, the way that I've heard it explained, which, which really made sense to me, is that to be meek is to know how to use a sword, but to know how to keep it sheathed. That's basically the idea, is that you know how to use that sword, but you also know how to keep it Sheathed. And that's, we see this in Jesus when he's getting arrested. And most of you know this story, right? Where Peter goes, I'll protect you, Jesus. And what does he do? Draws his sword, cuts off a guard's ear. That's power not under control, right? Peter was strong, but he did not have it under control. He was not meek. All he was was strong. And so he was just swinging. He didn't have it under control. And Jesus actually scolded him. And he said, don't you know that at any time I could have had a legion of angels? I just, if I said the word, I could have had an entire battalion of angels come and do whatever I said. And Jesus was basically saying, you don't think I have power? You don't think that all this time I had the ability to destroy anyone that I wanted to? But Jesus showed what it looked like to have it under control. And that's where he scolded Peter. He's like, you're not meek. Yes, you're strong. Yes, you proved that you can cut someone's ear off. Congratulations. That's not what I asked you to do. And if you don't have it under control, power is not your friend. And we've all seen this. 
Power, if it is not under control, leads to pain and hurt. And that's not what Jesus came on this earth to bring. And so we see this idea of Jesus, while he was here on earth, he self-describes himself as I am meek. Someone else didn't say that. He said that about himself. I have limitless power. I'm as strong as you can possibly imagine, but I have it under control. I don't just take swings at anybody who comes against me. This is what meekness is. It's to be like Jesus in that way. And so as Jesus is teaching his disciples, he says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. So last week we talked about inheriting the the kingdom of heaven. That, that those who are humble inherit the kingdom of heaven. But now we're talking about the earth. We're talking about actually being prosperous here on earth and, and having a life where even here on earth, people look at you and go, wow, that person is blessed. I, I kind of envy the life of that person, even here on earth. And he says, those who are meek, that's what will happen. And this is not just in the New Testament. I can bring you to Psalm chapter 37, verse 11. It says almost the exact same thing. It says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. That's just what the Bible says. And if you read all of Psalm 37, which I encourage you to do, just read it. It's basically talking about how evil people are doing evil things and they're getting away with it. And they're making all this money and they're, they're prosperous. And you see the psalmist wrestle with, how are they getting away with this? But ultimately, as you read that whole psalm, it's this idea of like, don't fret. Don't get yourself all out of shape when you see, when you see evil people doing evil themes, things and it seems like they're getting away with it. And it seems like they're prospering from their evil because it basically says, no, that's not how this is going to end. The meek will inherit the land and they are the ones who are going to enjoy peace and prosperity. And that's where I would say this is where the beatitude makes sense because if I were to say people who have peace and are prosperous are blessed, you would say, yeah, that makes sense. Meekness is just the avenue. That's the characteristic that we have to learn to have if we want to walk in that. Meekness is this idea of you can be strong, but you can't die on every hill. Most of us know that person. You guys know that person that it's like every single issue, they're like, nope, I'm going to start swinging. I'm going to fight on this. I'm going to, I'm going to make this a a line that I draw on the sand on every single hill. And I'm going to just fight and fight and fight. And no matter what, if someone is not agreeing with me, if someone's against me, I'm just going to start swinging. Those people, you can see the peace leave their life because they're always fighting something. They're always swinging at someone. And this is where Jesus showed us the difference. You can have power and you can still choose to not use it against people. Obviously, we take steps for justice. And if you read Psalm 37, if you see evil happening, yes, you do stand against it. And we're called as Christians to stand against those things. And so you might be saying, well, then how do you balance being meek and standing against injustice? Because we're called to be both. Here's how I can 
define it for at least myself, and I'll see if this speaks to you, is to be meek means that you stand against injustice, you stand up against evil, you're not afraid to fight what needs to be fought, but you don't let yourself be darkened by the evil that you're fighting against. You see, if you go back to the story of Peter, it's like, He had great motives. This is my savior. I love him. I want to stand against these evil guards. But in trying to do so, he actually became more violent than they were. He actually was taking swings and cutting off ears that they weren't even cutting off. And this is the dangerous part. And this is why I believe we have this reminder is that in your need to fight evil, you can become that thing that you're fighting. And that's where meekness is so important, is is it keeps you from being darkened by the injustice that you're standing up against, because you're not going to become the thing that you're fighting. And I know this sounds like that would never happen to me, but it can happen to any of us when you get in the middle of that fight and you start to, to dig yourself in you would be shocked at the things that you're capable of in the midst of that fight. And that's why meekness is so important to us because we have to live like Jesus lived. And we see Jesus, even when he stood against injustice, and he did, he stood against the Pharisees. He stood against the religious leaders. He made stands yet he was still meek. And and we see in 1 John 2, verse 6, Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And here's what's so important about meekness. Is meekness protects what Jesus is building inside of you. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus is building something inside of you. He's he's giving you his righteousness. And there's things going on in you that are of more value than anything here on earth. And you might be saying, well, how does meekness protect that? Well, here's a lot of what happens to us is we all kind of have things that we have built out in this world. We can call them our kingdoms, right? You, you have, a, you have a, a family, a home, maybe a business. You have, you have a, a church. You have all these things that you've kind of built that, that you've been a part of, that you're you're really in love with and are important to you. And unfortunately, sometimes the evil in this world threatens those things in the world that you've built. And it can be really scary and you want to stand against it and you want to fight against it. But sometimes if the way that we fight against what is seemingly coming against us makes us become just as evil as what we're fighting against. It actually destroys what Jesus is building in us. And meekness is saying, I'm more concerned with what Jesus is building in me than I am in what I have built in this world. And so, yes, I stand against injustice. But in that fight, I refuse to lose the light that Jesus has put in me. In 1 Peter, we see he's, he's talking about, about, in this specific instance, women and, and how sometimes women feel that pressure 
for the outward beauty of, of to kind of build this persona for themselves, of, of looking just a certain way and, and all of that. And this is what he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. He says, rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And this is just one example, but ultimately we see that to God, what's going on inside of you is more important than what you have built in the world. And it's hard for us to stay focused on that. But we see this over and over again. And this was even Jesus' fight with the Pharisees is, is they were so worried about the, the religion that they built. And Jesus was like, what's going on inside of you? You've become whitewashed tombs. You've painted the outside, but inside you haven't even realized that, that you've begun to rot on the inside. And this is what meekness helps us do. Because let's be real. It is scary when you have built something that you love, that you value, and the, someone attacks it and someone threatens to take it away. It's really scary. But the Bible actually promises that the things of this world are going to be taken away from us. You guys know that? That's not a very popular thing, but it says, don't, I don't think I've got this in here, but it says, don't put your treasures here on earth where, what? Moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. That's not a maybe. It's going to happen. And maybe it's not even in your lifetime. Ecclesiastes even says, when, when Solomon was like, I worked for all this stuff, but I'm realizing that when I die, it's going to just get given to people who are probably not even going to take care of it very well. That's just the reality of all of this stuff that we've built. All, all of the, the stuff that we, that we fight for that we're so scared to lose is that eventually it's going to be taken away from us one way or another. That's the only future of it. And so what meekness says is, yes, I have power and yes, I stand. But in my fight to protect what's mine, I am not going to lose what Jesus has built in me. The light that he has put in me will not be darkened in my pursuit of protecting what's mine. And I know that this is difficult, but this is the reality of how Jesus lived and how he taught and so the question is, how do you stay meek? And this is where we go to the, this next verse in Matthew chapter five. This is verse six. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Again, it's that middle part that trips us up. Because if I said, blessed are those who are filled, you'd be like, that makes sense. But if I said, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty, you'd be like, that doesn't really make any sense. It's that middle part that trips us up. And there's this idea of those who hunger for righteousness. And righteousness is that thing that Jesus is building in you, that he's, he is building that kingdom that he's building, a kingdom of his righteousness in you. But those who are hungry are the ones who are going to get it. You guys ever have it where you're hungry for something and just nothing else fills it? I grew up in Marinette, Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but it is the home of Mickey Lou's. Anyone know what that is? Anybody? A couple people. Mickey Lou's are the best hamburgers on the face of the planet. I don't know how they do it. There's only one guy who can make them. 
It's, you can watch him. There's a, a huge flame and he flips the burgers by hand. I think there's some grease on his fingers that makes the burgers taste better. And he puts like half a stick of butter in every burger. It is not healthy for you. But I have eaten a lot of hamburgers in my life. I have never tasted one that's close. And when I'm craving it, nothing else. Nothing else. I can eat all sorts of other food and they're still in the back of my head like, I got to get back to Marinette and I got to get one of those hamburgers because it, it won't satisfy if you're really hungry for something. And this is what Jesus is saying is, blessed are those who are truly hungry and thirsty for that righteousness that I can build inside of them because they are the ones who are going to get it. And this, this, this idea of like, when it comes to your faith and when it comes to the kingdom, you can't just be like, yeah, Jesus, I guess if you want to do some cool stuff in me, that'd be all right. You're not going to get it. It's those who hunger and thirst, those who are truly digging in. The Bible says that those who seek him with all of their heart will find him. And that's why blessed are those who are hungry. Not because it feels good to be hungry, but because those are the ones who are going to dig in. Those are the ones who are going to seek with all of their heart. And those are the ones who are ultimately going to receive that righteousness. And so they're going to be blessed. Because that goes back to what we talked about last week is if you're going to be hungry, that means there's room in your stomach, right? Sometimes, unless you're me, sometimes you're hungry even if there's no room in your stomach, right? But it's this idea of blessed are those who have space, who have room, who haven't filled their lives with all sorts of worldly stuff, but truly are hungry and empty and saying, like we saying, nothing else is going to fill this. Nothing else is going to make me feel satiated, only your righteousness. And that is where, that's what leads to meekness because when you truly have hungered for that righteousness and been desperate and been all in and sought it with all of your heart, you are gonna protect that righteousness that's been given. And that's what really meekness is, is yes, I will stand and yes, I will fight and I will be strong and I will be courageous, but never at the expense of the righteousness that's been given to me because I know how hungry I was for it. I know it was the only thing that filled me. So I will not give it up to protect anything that I have built. Yes, I will stand, I will be strong, but I will not lose the righteousness that's been given to me. And that's meekness. That's that ability to sheathe the sword when you know it is not appropriate, it's not right to start swinging at this person. The hunger for righteousness leads to receiving righteousness, which leads to meekness. And the meek will inherit the land. And this is where you've got to trust God. It doesn't make sense. And this is part of the kingdom of God that doesn't make sense because here's, here's what the world says. If you want to be prosperous, you have to build something and then you have to protect it at all costs. It doesn't matter. You have to protect what you have built at all costs. It doesn't matter how nasty you have to get. It doesn't matter how low you have to stoop. You protect what you have built. And, and Jesus tells us the opposite. He says, the meek will inherit the earth. All the way back to the Old Testament, it says the meek are the ones who are gonna be prosperous, who are gonna have peace. And you have to trust Jesus on this because it does go against 
what the world teaches about what prosperity looks like. And I'm not here to tell you that if you're meek, you're going to be a millionaire and have a mansion and all that. Because honestly, if you look at the person in your life, if you think of a Christian in your life that you're like, man, that, that's a prosperous person. That person is someone that I envy. I see their life and I'm like, I want my life to look like theirs. They're probably not millionaires. They probably don't have mansions and yachts and things like that. They probably are, have a ton of peace, have a ton of people in their life that love them, are able to live day to day, and they're probably someone who's righteous. They've probably protected the righteousness that Jesus has put inside of their heart. And that's what you have to trust, is that if you protect what Jesus has built over what you have built, you are going to find that prosperity, which is very different than how we tend to define it. But again, that is that trust in it. When you hunger for what's important, you protect what's important. Psalm chapter 37, verse 29. So this is back in Psalm chapter 27. Not only does it say the meek will inherit the earth, it says the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. That's really the core of meekness, is that you value the righteousness that you've been given in Christ over anything that you could have ever built with your own two hands. And that is what meekness is, is understanding the value. But again, you're not going to understand the value of something that you've never really hungered for, something that you've never really craved, really been desperate for. And this is where at the end of it, Jesus is just like, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they'll get it. And that's a promise in the Bible. Those who seek with all of their heart will find. And I believe that if you seek righteousness with all of your heart, you're going to protect it. So it's that middle part that we tend to struggle with, with all of this. So let me ask you a couple questions just as we close. Just questions that I want you guys to process a little bit. Number one, what have you been hungry for? Like, honestly, if you were to answer that, in your life, what are the things that you have truly been craving, been kind of desperate for, been hungry for, been chasing? What, have it, what are the things in your life that you've made space for, that you've made sure, man, I want to have room for this if I ever get it? Because that's going to tell you a lot, and, and that's going to be what in the future you protect with everything that you have. Because then that will answer, what is it that you've been receiving? Because you're going to receive what you've been hungry for. The thing that you've been craving, the thing that you've been hungry and thirsty for, that's what you're going to receive. And so if you don't like what you've been receiving, I encourage you to go back to the first question and go, is that, but has that been what I've been hungry for? Because it probably is. And then my last question for you is, is simply this. What have you been protecting? What parts of your life are you willing to fight for and take swings for? Is it what you've built or is it what Jesus has built in you? Because that is going to determine your future. What you protect will determine your future. And it's so easy for us to get so focused on the outward. I mean, it's, it's who we are. We're humans. I'm not coming down on you. I struggle with it too. 
It's what we can see. And we've put our blood and our sweat and our tears into these things that we have, we've built. And it's so easy to, to give everything we have to protect them. But those are the things that, again, whether it's while we're alive or not, those things are going to be destroyed or stolen or given to someone who's not going to take care of them or whatever. That's, that's what the Bible tells us. All of the things here on earth eventually are going to be destroyed. That's the way it's going to be. So as Christians, can we, can we not be so worried about protecting that, but be worried about protecting what Jesus has built in us, that righteousness, and then trust that what Jesus says is, if you worry about my kingdom— all of these things will be added to you as well. That's where we find that peace and that prosperity. Again, maybe not in million dollar bills or mansions, but in having a life that you could look at and say, wow, that's a, that's a blessed life. Meekness is one of those things that Jesus says, this is who I am and this is who I'm calling you to be. It's not being weak. You're, you have to be strong to be meek. That's the first part of it but it's then having it under control and never allowing your fight to take away from what Jesus has built in you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. If you guys would stand, I want to pray and close over you guys. Lord, I pray that for each of us, first of all, that you give us strength. Lord, that each of us are people who are strong and courageous and have power, Lord God, because that's who you were. You were strong. But then, Lord, I pray that you give us that discernment to know when it's time to fight and when it's not, Lord God. That you would protect us, Lord God, in our, in our eagerness to, to fight, Lord God, that you would keep us from, from messing with what you've built in us, Lord, of, of losing some of that righteousness and that light that you've given to us, Lord God, that, that we would know when to keep the sword sheath, Lord God, that we wouldn't be Peter just wildly swinging at anyone that we view as our enemy, Lord God, but that we would be like you, taking stands when it's time, Lord God, but having it under control, because ultimately, Lord, I just pray that each person here is filled with your righteousness, Lord God, and that they view that as the most valuable thing that they have, Lord God, that there's nothing on earth that is even close to as valuable as the righteousness that you are, you are planting inside of them, Lord. And I pray that, that we protect that righteousness, we protect that holiness, Lord God, that you are giving us, Lord, because we've hungered for it and we've been desperate for it and we see the value of it, Lord God. God, would you help us to trust you with our kingdoms, Lord, to trust you that we don't need to go outside of who you are to protect our kingdoms, Lord, that, that if we stay true to you, and we're in line with how you live, Lord, that you have said, let me take care of that, Lord. Would you help us to trust you, Lord God? And Lord, for anybody who, who maybe they're, they're new to all this, Lord, would you just start with a hunger, God? Would you make us just hungry for, for you? Not, not for more of this earth, not for more of this world, 
but hungry for more of your righteousness, more of your holiness, more of who you are in us, Lord God. Lord, and that you would, you would just give us that understanding of, of how valuable that is, that righteousness that you are giving us, Lord God. We love you. And Lord, I pray that even this week, Lord, you give us that hunger for more of you. Lord, that in our, in our time at home, we do take five minutes here and 10 minutes there to seek after you with, with reading our Bible and even just playing some worship music on our own, Lord God, to truly seek, to truly be hungry for you, Lord God. We pray this in your name. Amen.